there, everybody. This is Tracy Malone. Welcome to my show. Today, we are going to talk about love addiction. And my guest is Sherry Geba, who is an author. And we're going to let her tell you about all the stuff she does, because there's too much for me to even read. Um, we're going to talk about love addiction. And this is really common with victims of narcissistic abuse. So if you're afraid to be alone, um, there could be abandonment issues uh, that ties into the love addiction issues. If you constantly jump from relationship to relationship, then you could be a love addicted person. And she's got all the answers for us because she's written a book and she's going to talk to us about these love addicts and how they really make good narc bait, why we're so compatible, why they like us, why we like them. And um, we're going to get into this whole topic because you need to understand this about yourself. You need to heal this wound or you'll keep repeating the same patterns. And we don't want that to happen. So without any further ado, let's welcome Sherry. Thank you, Sherry, for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on my show. Well, I'm happy to be here, Tracy. I love our conversations we've been having. And, you know, we, we do a lot of things that are similar, but we work so well together. And this is what I love. I love collaboration and I love what you're doing in the world. And I'm so grateful that you're giving me this platform. Thank you so much. Will you mind telling my, my listeners a little bit about yourself? Because you are a rock star and I couldn't possibly read the whole bio. So I want you to give us a little. Well, so uh, I was a single mom, went back to school midlife. That's how I became a therapist. Um, I began working in hospice and then eventually I worked in addiction, which is how I met my ex-husband, the alcoholic. And I was not an addict or alcoholic, but I suddenly found myself on celebrity rehab. I was doing um, sober, it's called sober house. I was doing sex and love addiction. So I did these VH1 shows for several years. And then the media contacted me and ended up on E! News, Showbiz Tonight, and Bio Channel, et cetera, et cetera, really talking about addiction. And then I realized as a really good codependent love addict, here I was talking about addiction when really my issue personally was love addiction and codependency. So what a good codependent I was talking about addiction. So I kind of like turned everything upside down and said, you know, I'm going to write another book. And that's my book, Love Smacked, which people can find on Amazon, which is all about love addiction, relationship addiction, and codependency. And it really is my story personally and professionally, and really starts with early trauma, which I think we're going to get into in this interview. But I absolutely love helping people that are struggling with these issues. And it really has become my jam the last few years. Well, I'm so excited about it because a lot of victims of narcissistic abuse like suffer with the love addiction, with the, the need to have people there, or it, it's almost like their arm is taken off. So tell everybody who is listening who might not have heard this term, what is love addiction? Well, you're so right. And that's, you know, there's so much noise on Instagram, including myself. We're all, you know, putting stuff out there, but nobody really put, not nobody, but there's not a lot out there on, well, why did I attract a narcissist? Like what's going on? We all know what a narcissist is backwards and forward, but if you're a love addict, you are going to be more vulnerable to being um, really the predator of a narcissist. You are vulnerable. You're just vulnerable to a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you deep down really don't have a lot of self-esteem. But what is love addiction? So love addiction is a process addiction. You could call it a lifestyle addiction. It's a soft addiction. So unlike a substance, it's a behavioral addiction. 
but it has the same mood altering activity that creates almost the same euphoric states that a drug would, would, would cause. So a love addict, their only identity is a person. Like the addict is obsessed with the, with the drugs and the love addict is obsessed with the person. I was obsessed with my ex-husband. Um, then when a breakup occurs, just like an addict, a substance addict will, or a substance abuser will, you know, long for their drug of choice. The love addict is longing for that person. Um, so it really gives the same pleasurable feelings that a, that a regular drug user would crave if they were wanting their heroin, the same for a love addict. So some of the signs and symptoms are over adapting to what others want, not having boundaries, fear of letting go, fear of the unknown, attempting to change others, needing others to feel whole, having this, this emptiness if they aren't in relationship. Big one, which was my issue, fearing abandonment, rejection, the withdrawal symptoms I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we give up who we are because we need someone so badly in order to actually live. You know, it's almost like it's, it's like we can't live without being in a relationship. We'll, we'll die if we don't have a relationship. So of course, love addicts are so prone to picking narcissists because they'll settle for anybody and they'll take anybody because they don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. So addiction to love has been linked with reckless behavior. You know, we think of things like fatal attraction, it's agonizing, you feel empty, it's obsessive, it's panic, it's a sense of not knowing who you are, it's a feeling you'll never find love again. But the positive side to all this is that you get to find yourself in this process. So if you're in recovery for love addiction or narcissistic abuse, guess what? You get to find your authentic precious self, you get to step into self-love and healing and healthier relationships. You no longer have to be obsessive, you, you get to have more balance in your choices. Um, you know, normal people, when they fall in love, there's always this high, oh my God, and it's this infatuation and our hormones are going crazy. Although as I get older, that's not as much because <laughs> I'm no longer 14 years old. Um, but what happens for the love addict is that never goes away. They're constantly in this state of romance and, uh, you know, la la land, and it never goes away that is a really good sign that you have a love addiction problem. And that's another reason why love addicts get bored. Like, oh, I don't have these feelings anymore. So now I think I'll go to somebody else, which is very similar to narcissists. You know, narcissists and love addicts or narcissists and codependents really are the same. They are, they're two sides of the same coin. One just needs, and I know you could probably talk to this subject, is one needs that attention, one needs to be needed. And then they find each other. And it's the dance of that they're, they're, they like magnetize each other mm -hmm. yeah because they're 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 what each other needs right it's like you know it, it's just yin and yang to to be it but of course the narcissist comes with his own baggage on that too but so do they, well they both really do have abandonment issues they just manifest differently the narcissist is you know we know all that they gaslight they manipulate they need lots of attention they need you for something the codependent love addict just needs to be needed, needs to be in love and doesn't want to feel alone and empty, but they really are the same. Just that comes out, the behavior is different. Mm -hmm. and, and so they, they obviously the, the fear of abandonment and being alone, um, you know, for me, I know that I went from marriage one to marriage two to, to boyfriend three. And, and it was just 
the, the fear underneath of, you know, and then almost the settling too is, well, this could be good enough because it fills the yeah. list. Check, I'll take it. Well, you know, Tracy, that's why I wrote my book, Love Smacked. And that's why I have my community, Wake Up Recovery, which we'll talk about at the end of the interview. But I want people not to be ashamed of this. You know, I've been married multiple times. I've had multiple relationships. But I didn't wake up one day going, oh, I want to screw up my life and have all these divorces. There were reasons for it, which I think as we continue on this interview, we can talk about trauma and why people who have severe trauma, you know, pick toxic relationships. Um, it's just like an alcoholic. They didn't wake up saying, oh, I want to lose my whole life because of alcohol. There are reasons for it. So anyone listening to this podcast today, no shame, no blame. Absolutely. And, and important to, to understand that because that's what we do. We internalize. I am bad. I did this wrong. I'm so needy. We're told that by the narcissist. We're so needy. We're so emotional, things like that. Right. And you're saying you're so sensitive. Exactly. I, I was, I did a post today about that on Instagram that I, my, one of my ex-husbands said, Oh, you'll never be a good therapist because you're too sensitive. I mean, that's like a really not nice thing to say. Yeah. And that's who we attract when we don't feel good about ourselves because then we actually believe those lies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does someone know if they're in a toxic relationship when they're a love addict? Because I had imagined that love addicts end up with a lot of narcissists because the yin and the yang, then they need you, you, you need them for different reasons. So how do they know if they're in a toxic relationship? So a lot of ruminating, obsessing, um, they're thinking about them all the time. It's a toxic sign. If you're your partner altering your life habits and needs and want to be with that other person, no matter what, when you, when you give up all of this to be with the other person, um, they become the single most important thing in your life. And this could lead to one of the signs of toxic relationships, obsessing about every little detail of fear of losing them. Um, you walk on eggshells after so many fights that are draining and exhausting. All you want is some peace and getting along. And there's never peace because you're always walking on eggshells. You feel guilty for everything. You second guess yourself because often love addicts come from a history of trauma so they don't have a sense of wholeness in their core. And so they second guess everything. So it's very easy to be guilted or by the narcissist because you don't really know your reality. That's why they get away with manipulation and gaslighting and cognitive dissonance is because, and, and feeling guilty. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of fighting, there is no peace, manipulating, controlling behaviors, and again, you're more prone to putting up with all of this because you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be abandoned. You don't want to be rejected. Um, you have all these limiting beliefs telling you, I'll never meet anybody. I'm going to be alone forever. No one's going to ever want me. There's too many women out there, not enough men, blah, blah, blah. So these are all the reasons why love addicts are prone to being with addicts, narcissists, and toxic individuals. Um, they yell and insult you all the time. Um, and again, you put up with it. Physical injuries, God forbid. A lot of disrespect, you know, they say things to you that are just super disrespectful. They're dishonest, they lie, you know, you know how addicts lie and lie and lie and lie. Um, you start to have a lack of self-care because you're giving up yourself. You're losing parts of yourself to be in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's really what addiction is. All right, this is really helpful because again, I think this is what I've seen obviously in a lot of our clients where they are in this situation and, and they're really not sure why they get wounded by the hurt that gets put upon them. But then they look at it and go, oh, I, 
I stayed because, right? So, well, and yeah, and, and if I can just do anything with this interview is to make people really dive deeper. I mean, really understand, not just like intellectually, but really embody the understanding of I have a part in this. We, we can't keep blaming them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to really look at and own what is, what, am, what, not that it's your fault, it's what is going on in my psyche and my subconscious and in my childhood and my wounds that allow me to end up in these really toxic relationships. And what kind of wounds, like literally did we have that made us the love addict? Was it that we were abandoned? Was it that we had narc parents? What were the wounds? All of the above. I mean, in my case, I was premature. I was in an incubator. I'm 62. In those days, mommies were not allowed to hold their babies if if uh, if they were preemie. So I didn't get touched, held, mirrored, soothed, any of those things until three months later. So I literally was, you know, this little baby, two, you know, two pounds, three pounds with an oxygen mask over my nose, being fed through my, my feet. And I make it very dramatic because this is really the truth of the matter. And so from the beginning, I was like, please love me. Please pick me up, nurses. Mommy, come and get me. So I was set to be a love addict from day one. But yeah, you can have neglectful parents. You could have had parents that were addicts themselves. You could have had narc parents, parents that didn't um, acknowledge your feelings. Um, You didn't get the validation. Often um, a big clue is having parents that have the, you know, insecure, ambivalent children that come from these kind of parents get this inconsistent parenting. So at times the parents can be really nurturing and caring and attentive. Then all of a sudden they're really cold and rejecting. And that's like that narcissist personality. Like they love bomb you and then they stonewall you and detach and they love bomb you and they stonewall you. So if you have that kind of parent that's up and down, up and down, bipolar, borderline, or just, you know, ambivalent uh, kind of parenting, that's what you're going to attract later in life. Um, You know, basically trauma is, you know, picking these kind of people are as an attempt to recovery, the losses of early childhood. So when you, if you got lots of loving and nurturing and you felt secure growing up and you felt complete, you're not going to go with these kind of people. You're going to have really healthy boundaries and you're going to know this is not okay. And it's always amazed me those kind of people that have that kind of self-esteem. However, there is a caveat to this. Sometimes you don't have to have early trauma, but you just are a very compassionate, loving, kind, loyal person. You have these personality characteristics that make you pr- prone to being um, you know, swooped in by a toxic, manipulative person. So I don't want people to think, oh, well, I didn't have a trauma, traumatic childhood. Well, why am I with the narcissist? Well, there may be other traits that are going on, that you're just a really good person. And you just, unfortunately, these people, these toxic monsters know how to find you know, these good people. They just, they just, they look for the kindest people <laughs> to target. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and again, that's part of the thing. I have a, a course up there that talks about changing their story, because I think that when we're on a date or interview, if you would call it that, with a new person, they're asking us so thoughtfully, so compassionately, so empathetically, so tell me about yourself, right? And you're giving them the clues to what you have tolerated before, and they're under the table going, ooh, you're what, your husband. Oh cheated. my God, you are so right, Tracy. I, I was in a relationship not that long ago and it, it was NARC 101. And I didn't last very long, of course, but it was like, he wanted to know everything about me. 
And he want, and I'm like, why is he asking me? You know, of course I knew, but I was like kind of getting hooked in because you know, it doesn't matter. We're all, we're just human. We can be a therapist. We can be a specialist in this area. It can happen to any one of us. And he definitely did those things where he asked all of these questions and then he used them against me later on um, and threw them in my face. And of course that was that. I was like, goodbye. Um, so well, they're looking careful. for your woundedness. They're looking for, you know, like, oh, she's afraid of being alone. So therefore this would be, you know, a really easy one. You know, they oh, do, totally. our story tells them exactly what we've tolerated, what we're looking for. And, you know, if you want the perfect little happy thing, they're going to deliver it to you. They're going to do it. Exactly. So you see the red flags, but unfortunately, if you haven't healed those wounds, and even if you've even done a lot of work on yourself, and I, I really want people to understand that love addicts have relapses. You know, we can end up going back with an ex. We can end up going and being hooked into a narcissist. I want people to know that it isn't just this clear path to perfection. You're going to have some bumps in the road, possibly. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just be completely, quote, cured. I don't think anyone's cured. I think we're on a, we're on a, um, we're on a path. And I think sometimes lessons, we have to be bumped in the head a few times. Mm -hmm. So I want people to be really kind to themselves, to not blame themselves. I mean, if you are a love addict, you are literally, you are like sometimes in a delusion. Like you just want this love so badly that it, it, it takes you like, just like a drug addict, it takes you in your in this other alter altered reality. Mm -hmm. So we have to really, really stay in recovery. The way, the best way to stay on a great path is repetition, taking classes and being in groups like you have, Tracy, being in groups and taking classes and being in my, you know, getting a therapist that understands all this. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Have it in your ears because it's that, that's how the 12 step works. Mm -hmm. It's repetition. So you always have to have this information at hand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so helpful. So if someone has a love addiction and they're trying to figure out how do I overcome this addiction? Because you said we may get over it. We may not. But and the work that you just said is do the work, be consistent, do and, and see the groups and, and get yourself yes. But what else? How do they like again? You know, is there a twelve-step program for love addiction? I don't think so. There, well, there actually is. There is Sex and Love Addict Anonymous. Um, that's one alternative. I have my own program, which is a membership that keeps people. Um, not only are you learning about love addiction, you're learning about how to change your limiting beliefs. I, I, I use the law of attraction. I use positive psychology. I'm a, I'm a licensed therapist, so I use many, many tools in my toolbox. But yes, there's 12-step meetings. There's my program. Um, the first step is just being here, Tracy, and listening to this podcast. That's the first step. You now have an awareness. I mean, if you have an awareness, you're halfway there. And then you want to start shifting from the outside in. You know, every re relationship is manifested into our lives to mirror the relationship we have with ourselves. So if we're attracting toxic relationships or we continue nurturing our love addiction to them, it's because first and foremost, we have a toxic relationship with ourselves. So you have to really understand what is this toxic relationship with myself? Maybe it's trauma. Maybe you have to hire a therapist like myself who will do trauma therapy with you. I use tapping. I use somatic work. Some people use EMDR, uh, brain spotting. So, yeah, brain spotting. There's so many wonderful, wonderful practitioners to help you work through your trauma. Um, we have to look at our dark sides. We have to look at our shadow side. 
We have to be aware that healing and addictive toxic relations with ourselves doesn't happen overnight. It's a process mm -hmm. and it's constantly uncovering and resolving all our toxic childhood experiences and conditioning and, and also understanding, you know, what is it, you know, what is it that makes us go into denial when we meet someone and we see the red flags? Why do we suddenly go to sleep? That's why I call my program Wake Up Recovery, because it's a waking up over and over again. Um, you know, just start to build a connection with your healthy self, your spiritual self, your essence, your light. And at the beginning, this will be more of a sort of a logical cognitive relationship, but eventually it's going to become more emotional with yourself and you're going to find the light in you. And then you're going to love yourself madly. And you're going to start with positive thinking and positive words and positive affirmations. You're going to work through the trauma, release all that toxic trauma so that you can bring positivity into your life. Um, and that's really where it begins. Pretty cool. As you were, as you were talking, I was like, I was with my group last weekend and I, I told them to go out and date themselves. Like mm -hmm. that is one of the biggest things. So I did it as well. So I can come back into the group tomorrow and go, I went on a date with myself and I had a great time. Right. And, you know, it's learning to be alone. It's learning to, to not fear that if I'm alone, nobody will ever love me. You're never alone. First of all, if you believe in something greater than yourself, and that doesn't have to be God, it could be the universe. It could be the stars. It could be mm -hmm. nature. The most important thing is the connection with yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you yourself are your higher power, but your highest self is always the connect is always having a connection with you. And then nobody can, nobody can hijack you away, right. but nobody want a nobody. A lot of people don't want to be in the pain of that. It's too painful. So that's why trauma work of you learning how to connect back to your authentic self. And, and I mean, really seriously, physically connect to you. Mm -hmm. I had to do that because I was constantly being hijacked because I had no ground beneath me. I was in an incubator. I had no, none of that stuff early on. So once you connect to yourself in a really profound way, and this is for all addiction, you'll never be hijacked again. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about like your course? You did talk a little bit about it, but, but your program, I want people to know that if they're relating to this, that there's help out there. And, and I know you have a program to talk about. Let's just share yeah. that because I think people yeah. need to know. So I think I, I'm pretty sure I gave you a link where it's a dollar to join and then it goes to $27. It's called Wake Up Recovery and it's for anybody healing from codependency or toxic relationships. Um, it's got all kinds of breakthrough modules. I do a masterclass every month and then I do live group coaching once a month. You can't believe the price for what you're getting. It's just a treasure trove of, of information and it really works that neuroplasticity of having repetition, repetition. So that's called Wake Up Recovery. I also have a free ebook called uh, Narcissist and Obsessive Love. So they can take a quiz to see, you know, are they attracting narcissists? Are they a love addict? And that too, I think you'll have a link. And then my book is called Love Smack, which they can get on Amazon, or they can just Google my name, Sherry Gaba, and I'm pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and your website is sherrygaba.com? Yeah, that one is Sherry. Yeah, that's just my general website. But the Wake Up Recovery is a different link that You'll well, we'll all the links down below for any of you that are listening um mm -hmm. they'll be under the youtube video and um get those links and find them for sure because you want to get her help and this is something that we need to, to take advantage of this is a free ebook everybody so don't forget to get that um and 
Thank you, Tracy. And also check out my podcast, The Love Fix. I always forget to mention that. And love- I'm going to have Tracy on real soon. Yeah. The Love Fix podcast is on Apple and um, Spotify. Nice. So that was a great plug because we want people to do more research, do more work. If this relates to you, go and get her book. Just sit there and go, hey, I want to learn about that. If it doesn't stick and it's not you, you learn one ten nuggets that are going to change your life. Sure. And throw out another thing. Oh, I think I'll throw out codependency today. I'll and learn- really work with the people that you really feel connected to. Really, you know, do your research. It's very important. There's a lot of people out there uh, throwing out a lot of noise that really don't have the qualifications that Tracy and I have. So do your homework. I, I'm not saying there aren't people that are better or worse or whatever, but just do your homework. Be discerning. Pick the person that isn't selling you something, but actually you see that they are the real deal. Yeah. And taking the journey sometimes is really helpful too. Like yes. you and yeah. I have had to learn this lesson the hard way. Oh, I think that makes us the best uh, healers is when we've been through it ourselves, for sure. There's nothing quite like it. So thank you so much, Sherry. It has been a pleasure having you. I know everyone's going to learn so much about love addiction and um, we're going to put all your links down below. So thank you for joining me. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that helpful. I find her information incredibly helpful and really appropriate for victims of narcissistic abuse. It's just another cog in the wheel of figuring out the puzzle that made you good narc bait, that made you vulnerable. And if this is something that has like hit you and went, oh my, I've got to learn more about that. Follow the links down below to Sherry's site and check out her program, check out her groups and see if you can find the missing pieces to your recovery in her work. And um, if you are looking for more information on narcissistic abuse, if you're just starting out and you don't understand, and maybe it's not a relationship, but it's your parents, um, my website, NarcissistAbuseSupport.com has all kinds of resources. I just keep finding new things and it's layers and layers and layers full of resources. Go to my website, check that out. I've got 10 free eBooks. I've got all kinds of book recommendations. If if you are specifically, how do I heal this, Tracy? What do I do about that, right? This is where you'll find it on my website. So I hope that you've enjoyed this recording and podcast. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you.